I'm Kieran Lynch and welcome to Ovicast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode will bring you the latest insights, advice and technical updates for the sheep industry. Staying this week with a student focus, we're joined by postgraduate student Mark Dolan and Dr. Frank Campion to discuss some of the results of an ongoing study between Chagas and UCD examining the potential of using forage diets alongside conventional systems to finish hillbred lambs post-weaning. We'll discuss the different forages grown, their carrying capacities and the lamb performance on the various crops. Frank has lanes where these crops have a role as well as some of their limitations in conventional systems. With increasing costs for lamb finishing predicted for the coming winter, we finish up with Frank encouraging those with an interest in the area to visit the open day in Chagas at Marie on the 18th of June to find out more about the trial and the various options for finishing lambs. We start off, however, with Mark outlining a bit more about the study that's now entering its third year. So I'm a second year uh, Water Scholar, this is Nathan Rye, uh, this is in conjunction with Professor Tommy Boland uh, in UCD. So I suppose the, the research we're doing here in Nathan Rye is developing outdoor forage-based finishing systems for, for hillbred lambs post-waning. Mark, there's a lot of hillbred lambs in the system every year. Just maybe gives a little bit of context. What kind of numbers of them store lambs are coming through each year? So approximately each year, Kieran, there's about 200 to 300,000 um, male hillbred lambs. So this is um, this is Scottish blackface lambs and also crossbred lambs, be it terminal breed, Texas, Suffolk or, or whichever. So they're coming onto the market there in the back end of the year and which will be brought on for further finishing. So that, that's carrying through a large part of the lamb market. I suppose what you've been looking at specifically, Mark, is the option for forages versus maybe more conventional systems for carrying them through. You might just give us a quick recap. What kind of forages are you sowing and what other systems are you looking at for finishing those lambs? So we're looking at examining the performance of these um, hillbred lambs off a selection of different forages. So we have, we're comparing brassica crops, namely faradrape, higher brassica, other known as red start and kale. So these, the growth rate and performance of these lambs will be compared to two perennial ryegrass swords. So we have a perennial ryegrass reseed, a permanent pasture sward, and we also have an indoor uh, indoor uh, treatment group, this, which are offered concentrates, ad-lib concentrate. So you're, you're more conventional systems. So those two grass systems outdoors, Mark, you're not feeding on those, that's just running them on grass? No, they're just on, predominantly on grass, Kieran, um, up until maybe the last... 10 days, two weeks, where we introduce a small uh, bit of concentrates to just them onto the new diet as they go inside for further finishing. I think, Mark, you're going in fairly early on these crops, so we might just go back to the start of those. When are you sowing these crops and what's going in at the moment? So at the minute, the kale has gone in, so this is sown on the 1st of June. So this is based on the Chagas sown guidelines. Um, so in the next week or so, we'll be planning on putting in our perennial ryegrass reseed and the, the forage rape and higher brassica. This will be planned to go in the last week of June. So it'll get a, an application of fertilizer at the time of sowing, another application in two weeks, and we hope to be grazing these crops in the first week of October. Frank, I'm just going to bring you in here at this point. That's the system you're looking at there. It's really kind of growing the crops for the best advantage of the crops. How late could you go with some of these? Like, is an option going after some winter crops? Yeah, look, that's exactly it, Kieran. We're we're going in with these dates, and Mark will come to the stone rates and stuff later with the option basically that we want to get the best out of the crops. But realistically, for most lads using this system, using these types of crops, yeah, the the opportune time or the time they'll be looking to go in at is late July, early August after a winter crop. But I suppose you know the earlier the better with it. So if if you are going in after winter crops. 
you know, once you get past kind of middle of August, your return on yield gets very poor and it becomes questionable whether it's worthwhile putting in the crops, you know. Make it scourgy. Yeah, it does, you know, and we've had this, we've had a number of the sheep, better farmers over the years who've done this system and you know they will all say the same thing if you get a bad harvest and you suddenly you're into late august putting in the crops what yield you get is very poor and it becomes really questionable as to whether it's worthwhile so the earlier the better for these crops in terms of your yield and that's ultimately what's going to drive your performance off it i suppose the counter to that then frank is it is taking ground out for a long time or something we might come back to maybe in the cost for the moment but your ground is out for a significant period Oh, look, at that's it. And this is no, they're no magic bullet. They have a place. They work well in a tillage system or in maybe in some sort of other rotation where you're taking out the land anyway. But in terms of what we're doing, we're sowing them early in the year to get a, a good yield of a crop. But the flip side to that is the land is out of action essentially for 12 months. So Marcus, he said he's sowing some of that kale now the 1st of June. And, you know, we'll get, a, we'll hopefully get a decent yield of a crop out of it. But, you know, we'll have it grazed off probably by the, the start of January and then we'll have nothing in that field again until next June again when it's receded. So, you know, it has to be balanced up in regards to that, that, you know, if we're pulling out these swords, putting these type of crops, we have to allow for the fact that there's a large portion of the year there where that land is not being used, not being grazed for anything. There's a trade-off and it might be more part of a rotation system. Look, Mark, I'm just going to come back to you in a moment there. Like we're talking about yields and we're talking about growing that crop earlier. What can yield they get in it? And more importantly, maybe, what's the carrying capacity like on these crops? You, you have two years of it in, so you might give us an indication of what that looks like. Yeah, so we've, as you said, two years data uh, gathered to date. So we're sort of seeing the same trend each year in, in terms of yield, uh, Kieran. Uh, fire drape has, it's sticking its nose out to be the highest yielding crop from the, from the two years. Uh, this is growing about seven tonne of dry matter per hectare. Then fire Follows this is the hybrid brassica then, which grow which grew about six ton, and the kale was the lowest yield at about five and a half, five and a half ton of dry matter per hectare. Right, so we see a bit of a difference in yield mark. I suppose the utilization is going to be slightly different between them crops. Did it affect the carrying capacity much, or did it broadly stay the same based on what the yield was? Uh, it did, Kieran. Yeah, so the utilization had a huge effect on the carrying capacity. Um, so when we look at kale, there the kale. The lambs utilised about 50% of the kale. This was due to a high portion of the plant uh, being, being in st- a stem. So we've seen that the lambs, they found it hard to graze the stem, which resulted in the moving quicker through the crop. And this resulted then in a, a lower carrying capacity. So a carrying capacity about 30, 30 days there, they got off the crop. That's uh, 30 days per hectare. So then the, the, the forage rape and hybrid had similar uh, carrying capacity there about 35 days so they were bringing lambs bringing lambs um, further into the year and resulting in a higher percentage of lambs killed off the treatment. How does that compare to the permanent pasture? The permanent pasture um, not many lambs really were killed off the permanent pasture we've only 4% of lambs drafted from the permanent pasture in the two years so these would be lambs that would have went on to the treatment at um, maybe higher higher carcass higher higher live weight that were, fi- were able to finish off it in the within the time period. So the, av- the average carrying capacity for the permanent pasture was about 20 days. So it was about two weeks less than the, for example, your forage rate. Mark, just in terms of the carcass of those lambs, any major differences between the crops? Uh, no, not particularly between the crops, uh, Kieran. The, the only bit of difference we're seeing is between the lambs offered concentrate indoors 
um, would have better carcass quality. They'd have higher factory weight. This is coming from a higher percentage of lambs being slaughtered from the crop, so with more data available. There's no real difference between factory live weight, carcass weight, or kill out percentage between the forages. The only difference we've seen was in the average daily gain lambs. So there was no difference between forage rape and high Nebraska, but these two forage crops were significantly different to kale. So just put into context, the forage rape in high Nebraska would have grown around 140 grams per day, and the kale lambs would have would have done about 120 grams per day. Okay. The starting weight on those crops, Frank, is going to have a big influence on when you're killing you or going a wee bit earlier, maybe with lighter lambs, than what you might do in a traditional in a conventional system. Yeah, so I suppose look with with our study here, we're we're putting lambs on it from anything from kind of 27, 28 kilos up to 36, 37 kilos live weight because of the nature of the trial. We're trying to we're trying to see how different different weight lambs perform on the crops. And I suppose like Mark has outlined there, the, the different carrying capacities is affected by the yield. But the other thing that's affecting the performance from the crops is the starting weight. So I suppose those lambs that are going on you know, 30 kilos plus, particularly the ones that are around 35 kilos, they're finishing off the crops quite well, finishing off it quite easily. What we're finding then with those lighter type lambs is that they're taking longer to finish off the crop, which you would expect. But if you're putting in that system, what that means is if you're buying your kind of 25, 30 kilo hillbred lamb, you're going to be able to stock it at a, you're going to have to stock it at a lower rate. So you're going to either need more crop to finish the same amount, the same amount of lambs, or you're going to have to reduce the amount of lambs that you're buying, depending on the yield of crop you have. So the two very much go go hand in hand, and I suppose that's part of Mark's work at the minute is look is looking at that, and I suppose the next step in this will be to examine well, you know, what are the exact, you know, what's the optimum way it's maybe going on in this crop, or what are the optimum yields of the crop. No, I think that's an important point, and again, look, it is just part of the trade looking at it. It does show Frank the challenge, though, particularly going into this winter for those later lambs. Um, I know the indoor element of that probably still held up in the past twelve months. It's going to be a bit more challenging with increased concentrate costs for the following this coming winter yeah it is it is it is going to be in, in a challenge like the increased concentrate costs are going to make the indoor finishing going to make producers look at it far differently but the only thing that we'd see with it is that to the same point that there's also an input cost for putting in the forage crops and there's also an input cost for growing the grass for the for the autumn so all these things have to be weighed up and put, put in balance and there is a challenge with that kind of lighter lamb is that they will take a bit more meal they're going to take a lot more forage to finish and there's probably going to be a harder sell on them on them coming this autumn. But I suppose the the thing with it for anyone, what definitely what Mark's work is showing is that you very much have to you have to balance up what you have with what you want to purchase. So if you have a, a lot of these forage crops going in, where they're going in after a stubble crop and you can put them in at a relatively low cost, they will work quite well. You'll still put on a, a number, you know, a good bit of cheap gain on those lambs before you need to start putting in the in the concentrates. But if you're in a situation where maybe you're trying to reduce your concentrate bill and plowing out grassland to put in these crops, well, then the cost benefit of it is probably minimal, if not negative, because of the cost of putting in the crops on top of the extra cost of the concentrates that will be required to finish some of the lighter type lambs going onto it. So it's very much a, it's like with any system here, not one system fits all. You have to manage it up based on what you have on your own farm. Still very good to have that kind of facts and detail behind it. Look, I'm sure it's a topic of interest for the coming year, They'll have an opportunity to speak to yourself, Frank, and to Mark at Open Day in Atenray. You have a small bit of a demo there as well and some more facts and figures about it, I'm sure. No, there is. We'll, we'll be here on the on Saturday the 18th for the, for the Open Day. And uh, Mark will have a demonstration of his different uh, parts of the different plants and more detail on the carrying capacities and the performance to date that we're seeing from the lambs off the crops. That's interesting stuff. Great to have you on. Thanks very much for the update. Thanks, Garen. Garen.
Okay, we're going to leave it there at this point. I'm going to catch up with Frank and Mark later on in the summer when the lambs are starting to come in on that trial and we'll discuss some of the management aspects of it and what has worked well and what has been a bit more challenging over the last couple of years is something we'll revisit. It's definitely an area that's going to be of more interest for the coming winter. Again, as Frank stated then, for anyone interested in this and other aspects of the Sheep Research Programme, the opening is taking place in Chagasat and from 10am until 4pm on Saturday the 18th of June. It's well worth a visit for anyone in interest in the area. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on the Sheep Programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chagas Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and get notified of any new episodes.